sends it across, defended by Harper. 11 seconds to go. In the middle of the floor. Jordan has it. And Jordan puts up a jumper and hits with six seconds to go. Jordan hits the basket and now has Darty. Elo will inbound. He gets it into Nance, gets the ball back, drives to the hoop, and lays it in with three seconds to go. Zellers has Jordan. Jordan with two seconds to go, puts it up. Welcome to the Immortal Souls Podcast, where we explore the history, stories, myths, legends, and hype that make shoes what they are today. We are Jared and Nick, two brothers with a passion for shoes. We are excited to have you along for the journey. Red Right 88, The Catch, Off Nagy's Glove, The Drive, The Fumble, The Decision, the move, and the curse of Rocky Colavito. Any sports fan, especially any Cleveland sports fan, knows these names all too well. Cleveland, until the Cavs won an NBA championship in the 2015-2016 season, owned the undesirable reputation of coming out on the losing end of many iconic moments in American professional sports. The shot is no exception. Quickly rewind to the beginning of the 1988-89 NBA season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, led by a squad of Mark Price, Ron Harper, Brad Darty, Larry Nance, and Craig Elo, would go on to defeat Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in all six of their regular season matchups. The Cavs would go on to finish the season with a 57-25 record, good for the third seed of the Eastern Conference playoffs and putting them in a first-round matchup against the sixth-seed underdog Chicago Bulls. The series was a classic, with each team winning two games apiece, bringing the best of five series to a deciding Game 5 on May 7, 1989, in the Richfield Coliseum in Cleveland, Ohio. Jordan sank a jumper with six seconds left in the game, giving the Bulls a 99-98 lead. After Cleveland took a timeout, Craig Elo inbounded the ball to Larry Nance, who gave the ball back to Elo, who scored on a driving layup to give Cleveland a 100-99 lead. Now, with three seconds left, Chicago called timeout. Jordan was double-teamed by Elo and Nance on the inbounds. Jordan first moved right, then quickly cut left to get open, catching the inbound pass from Brad Sellers. Jim Durham and Johnny Kerr we're calling the game on the Bulls radio network, and we'll let them say what happened next. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! The Bulls win! the Cleveland Cavaliers! Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. One to 100. 20,273 in stunned silence here in the Coliseum. Michael Jordan with 44 points in a game. Hit the shot over Craig Elo. What tremendous heroics we have had in game five. The lasting image of the moment is Jordan's impassioned, emphatic celebration. 
leaping into the air as Elo fell to the ground in despair a short distance away. This iconic scene has become, for many fans, the defining image of the shot, even though viewers of the televised broadcast did not even see that airborne celebration. Even though the Bulls didn't win their first championship until two years later, the shot put the world on notice. The Bulls would soon be something special. Looking at the immortalized image of Jordan, leaping into the air, legs apart, left fist clenched, the eyes are naturally drawn to the shoes on Jordan's feet. They stick out. Black shoes, contrasted against Jordan's white socks and red Bulls uniform, These shoes, commonly referred to today as the Air Jordan 4 Breads, short for black and red, had been released just a few months prior, and the colorway was officially listed as the Air Jordan 4 Black Cement. This year was one of Jordan's best seasons statistically. Michael Jordan reached new points in his career, taking home another scoring title with a 32.5 points per game average. Jordan also appeared in the All-Star Game. He was first-team NBA and All-Defense. That same year, an up-and-coming Bulls assistant coach, Phil Jackson, would be promoted to head coach of the Bulls, ushering in a new era of basketball dominance for Chicago and Michael Jordan. 1989 was a momentous year for Jordan and the Bulls, and for the world outside of basketball. Mikhail Gorbachev would be named Time Magazine's Man of the Year. The Berlin Wall would fall in November of that year. Phil Collins' Just Another Day in Paradise was top song of the year. Pete Rose's gambling allegations became public. George H.W. Bush was in his first year as President of the United States. Rain Man won the Oscar for Best Film, and Batman topped the box offices. The San Francisco 49ers won the Super Bowl. Gas was about 96 cents a gallon. Movie tickets were less than five bucks. And the median house price in the U.S. was around $110,000. Wow. Cell phones were starting to make their mark in a very big way. Motorola DynaTAC 8500XL, which weighed 28 ounces, cost around $2,500, which is about $3,850 in today's money. It was in this world that the Air Jordan 4 was created, an integral building block in the foundation of the Air Jordan brand. The Air Jordan 4 was designed by Tinker Hatfield. The legendary sneaker architect wasn't around since the beginning of the Air Jordan line, but he entered during a key junction of the partnership between Michael and Nike. After the release of the Air Jordan 2, Michael considered leaving Nike to explore other options. Tinker stepped in, delivered the Air Jordan 3, and the rest, as we know, was history. The year was 1989, and Tinker Hatfield was back at his tricks, storming up an idea for the Air Jordan 4. How would he top the Air Jordan 3? Tinker wanted to get further into performance rather than the more artistic inspiration that was present in the Air Jordans 2 and 3 models. Michael was a father and husband for the first time in his life, and since the Air Jordan 3 was such a luxurious model, MJ and Tinker wanted to get back to the basics. The overall personality of the Air Jordan 4 was saying, get back to work. 
Sticking with his plan to focus more on function than flash, Tinker's newest sneaker creation was released with mixed reviews at best. When the Air Jordan 4 was released in 1989, people disliked the shoe, even said it looked hideous. However, over time, the utilitarian yet aesthetically pleasing model grew on many. The Jordan 4's design resembles much of the Jordan 3. It didn't stray too far from the predecessor, with the mid-cut height and the visible heel air unit both returning to the model. However, the silhouette of the shoe was a bit more streamlined and lighter weight than its predecessor. Its signature design details were the mesh netting on the side panels and tongue, and the unique lacing support system with the shoe's iconic wings. The Air Jordan 4 is also known to have introduced the flight concept to the Air Jordan line. This concept emphasized breathability, and as such, the shoe managed to turn mesh, once a budget-minded proposition, into a premium touch with its urethane-coated netting. How, you might ask? Tinker dipped the mesh in a soft plastic and then blew air through it to clear out the plastic in between. Additionally, the use of Durabuck, a Nubuck-style performance fabric, on the iconic black editions gave it a lightweight resilience. Multiport lace locks had nine holes on each side of the shoe for a tailored approach to fit, while a sole unit offered extra flexibility. The Air Jordan 4 gave wearers the capability to lace your 4s in 18 different patterns, which gave you your own style and fit when playing basketball. The shoe had four original colorways, white cement, black cement, the one known as breads by many, fire red, or white and fire red, and military blue. The Air Jordan 4 black cement almost had a funky paint splatter on the midsole as well. There are images of an original sample from 1989 suggesting that the black and red came very close to sporting this colorful feature. And honestly, I don't think we would be complaining either way. If you're interested to see images of that sample, check out the show notes for this episode on ImmortalSoulsPodcast.com. Although Michael Jordan didn't debut the Air Jordan 4 until the NBA All-Star Game in February 1989, there was a sneak peek at both the black cement and the white cement models in the Sports Illustrated issue released on November 16, 1988. In a feature about Sonny Vaccaro, an integral, if controversial, figure in the story of the rise of sneaker culture, Nike co-founder Phil Knight is seen sitting on a desk beside the black cement Air Jordan 4, holding up the white cement version. At the All-Star Game in Houston, Jordan rocked the black cement colorway and scored 28 points. Like the previous year, Nike dropped commercials featuring Jordan and Spike Lee, also known as Mars Blackman, during the game. And also, as in the previous year, Nike paid for a double-page ad in that month's Sports Illustrated issue. Upon its release to the public in spring of 1989, the Air Jordan 4 was the first Air Jordan released on the global market. Their original retail price was $110, definitely a premium price point for sneakers in 1989. The shoe transcended basketball, making a splash in pop culture as well when it was featured in the iconic Spike Lee joint 
do the right thing, which would result in a special Jordan 4 colorway. The Jordan 4s would prominently find their way onto the feet of the likes of Jay-Z in his music video for Hawaiian Sophie, as well as Spike Lee himself in the series of the now legendary Mars Blackman Nike commercials. And this is my main man, Michael Jordan. Ten years later, after their original release, the Air Jordan 4 returned for the first time when Jordan brand retroed them in 1999. Both original cement colorways returned that year, as well as a new Retro Plus concept, which introduced new colorways to the classic model, along with some changes to the aesthetic. In the years since, we've seen multiple re-releases of original colorways, brand new colorways, lasered editions, mashups, and even more. Even in the new millennium, the Air Jordan 4 was not done making history for Jordan brand. It became the first model of Air Jordan to be reworked by an outside brand. Jordan brand teamed up with the Los Angeles-based boutique Undefeated in 2005, to create a very subtle yet striking and militaristic version of the Air Jordan 4. The silhouette took its inspiration from the colors of a military flight jacket, now valued at a hefty $26,000 at least. Only 72 pairs were made, which then were auctioned off and raffled. Even 15 years later, they are still at the top of many most wanted lists for collectors worldwide. Also, Eminem's 2005 Air Jordan 4 Encore colorway was limited to just 50 pairs. The rapper released an even more exclusive retro of the Air Jordan 4 in 2017 in partnership with StockX, with just 23 pairs produced. Eminem's 2015 three-way collaboration with Carhartt and Jordan Brand was also extremely limited in number. Other notable collaborations on the Jordan 4 in recent memory include those with Levi's, Travis Scott with both his Cactus Jack and Friends and Family colorways, Cause, and even Mark Wahlberg with the Wahlberger 4s. Many of these collaborations cost many tens of thousands of dollars, if you even know where to look to find a pair. With the Air Jordan 4s, however, it always comes back to the shot. So much so that Jordan Brand borrowed the Cleveland Cavaliers' old black, blue, and orange color scheme for a Jordan 4 in May 2012, commemorating the 23rd anniversary of the shot. An honor, to be sure. Though seemingly somewhat backhanded? I mean, come on, this is Michael Jordan we're talking about. Is it really too far-fetched to believe that he might have just been twisting that dagger into Cleveland a little bit more, even after 23 years? I don't think so. So, to close out this episode, we're going to play a quick little game. So, I'm going to put you on the spot, Jared. And to open up this game, why don't you go ahead and... First, give me your top three colorways. If you could have any three colorways in the Jordan 4, tell me what those would be. Gosh, that's a great question. Well, first off, I'm such a sucker for those extremely limited and rare collaborations. So if I had to pick my, you know, the three, 
I, I would probably go with, you know, like the Cactus Jacks, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to be a purist here. I'll be a sneaker snob, if you will. So, one to rock, I think I would have to go with the original breads or the blackened cements. Um, I just think there's something to be said for the OG, the original classic colorway for any given Jordan model that it just kind of leaves a lasting impression on you. They're iconic. Um, and with the black and with the breads or with the cement blacks, whatever you want to call them, I just think that they're an extremely versatile shoe that you can wear with many different outfits. Um, you know, they'd match a lot of different colors of outfits that you're wearing and I love them. So the breads or the cement blacks would be my one to rock. Now one to stock, um, I would probably have to go with the fire reds, which is basically a white colorway with hits of red and black throughout the shoe. And the reason why this would be my one to stock is because coincidentally, I am stocking a pair of these. <laughs> um, in my humble but growing collection of Air Jordans, um, I have a few different colorways and a few different pairs of of the fours, but one of my favorite ones that I'm stocking currently would have to definitely be the Fire Reds. And then one to throw away, it's, again, being such a Jordan lover, I hate to part ways with any <laughs> Jordan or any colorway, but I would probably have to say there's a pair of, or rather there's a colorway of the fours that are known as the the lasers and basically what the lasers and they have a black as well as a white colorway and basically what it is is they have these laser etchings like kind of designs and patterns all over um kind of like the midsole and um, you know just all over most of the shoe and they're super interesting but if i had no choice and i had to get rid of a pair or, or drop them it'd probably have to be the uh the retro laser either the white or the black colorway. But the lasers, they would be in your top three. They would be in my, yeah, I think they would be in my top three. They are interesting. Um, I, I do like looking at, or uh, rather, I like uh, the creativity that was involved with kind of these laser etchings. It definitely makes the shoe more interesting to look at. So I think there's something to be said for that. And yes, they would definitely have a place in my top three beautiful nick i'm gonna punt back over to you <laughs> one to rock one to stock and one to throw away yeah well so first i think my top three if i had to choose and this is tough because really i wish it could be more like a top 10 but since it can't i'm gonna say the white cements i'm gonna say the black cat fours and i'm gonna say for number three the uh, purple, the Travis Scott friends and family fours, the ones that are purple and black. Now, okay, so w- which one would you rock? The one to which rock. Which would you stock? Oof. Man, I think I would rock the black cats. I think I would stock the white cements and I would drop the Travis Scott's interesting if i had to so i just feel like the black cats i don't know i don't know if the black on them i feel like you could maybe i wouldn't be as afraid of getting them dirty and uh you could wear them yeah i don't i don't know i'm just that's my answer for now it could be different tomorrow but today that's my answer so (laughs) i hear you and you know what 
compared to many of the other models of the Air Jordan, it seems like the fours especially have so many different colorways. There's been so many different collaborations with them. I mean, it's really a buffet table of choices with the fours. You know, probably almost any color that you would want. If you like the model of fours, chances are there's probably been a retro or a collaboration or something that's been done. Um, you know, that has the types of colors that you like with the fours. So, oh yeah, solid shoe, and many different options to choose from. For sure. Well, I think that wraps it up for us today. So thank you all for listening. Hopefully you learned something fun and something you didn't know before about the Air Jordan 4. And until next time, signing off. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.